This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Hello and welcome to Star Diary, the podcast from the makers of BBC Sky at Night magazine. You can subscribe to the print edition of the magazine by visiting skyatnightmagazine.com or to our digital edition by visiting iTunes or Google Play. Greetings listeners, and welcome to Star Diary, a weekly guide to the best things to see in the Northern Hemisphere's night sky. As we are based here in the UK, all times are in BST. In this episode, we'll be covering the coming week, from the 10th to the 16th of July. I'm Features Editor Ezzy Pearson, and I'm joined this week by Reviews Editor Paul Money. Hello, Paul. Hello, Ezzy. Oh, we're in for a busy week compared to last week, I can tell you. Oh, because we have had a quiet couple of weeks, so good to hear that there's a lot going on. Why don't you get us started? Okay, let's let's stick with our favourite duo, Mars and Venus in the evening sky. This is the 10th of July. Look over to the west, northwest for the very bright star, which is Venus. Um, it'll be low down, so and it is getting lower. So you really do need an uncluttered uh, horizon, otherwise it'll be completely blocked. The star is Venus, but it'll help you guide you to Mars, which is to its upper left. But on the 10th, Mars lies directly above Regulus. Now, they're in bright twilight. It is the light skies. So pair of binoculars should just pick them out and should just include Venus as well. Send by 50s or 10 by 50 binoculars. You should be able to sweep them up. Now, after this, Regulus will definitely be lost to view as it drops down into the solar glare. But we will cling on to Mars and Venus for a little bit longer. They're, they're, they're determined to hold on, aren't they? They're not, they're, we're not going yet. You can't get rid of us <laughs> just yet, sort of thing. We're going to hang on and keep your lives miserable for the next few weeks. Well, <laughs> we'll see, we'll see about that, show. we? I wouldn't say keep your lives miserable. It's always nice to try and see them. And uh, <laughs> perhaps when you're out in the pub after a night at work, you might see them in the night sky. In that case, you might also see them double. <laughs> 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 Moving quickly on from that, <laughs> July the 12th. Now, the moon was at last quarter on the 10th. Then on the 11th, it lies to the right of Jupiter and then to the left of the giant planet on the 12th. So it'll be quite obvious. Um, and the number of times I get people will drop me a message or they'll take a photograph and say, what's this star next to the moon, Paul? And so I'm just saying, that's no star, that's a planet. That's usually, it's either Venus or Jupiter, to be fair. They're the ones that most people actually notice. You want to be looking roughly east, northeast, about 2 a.m. So if you can't sleep, and you've got a window that faces that way. That, that's an ideal situation sort of thing, you know. Uh, have a look and use binoculars. You should also be able to pick up uh, fainter Uranus. Now, Uranus is to the lower left of uh, the moon and Jupiter on the 12th sort of thing. The interesting thing is that Jupiter, Uranus, and now the Pleiades star cluster. Yes, the Pleiades that lie mm. in Taurus, 
their emerging out of the solar glare and should start to become easier to see. So yes, Uranus forms an apex of a shallow triangle between Jupiter and the Pleiades star cluster. I always think to myself, once we see them, uh, I'm rubbing my hands. I know after the summer solstice, I rub my hands and say, yes, winter's on the way because the <laughs> is going to start drawing back in and everybody thinks I'm really miserable, but <laughs> especially as a lot of people are only just going on their summer holiday. <laughs> but, for me, but for me, the other point is when you see the Pleiades, you know at last, some good old faithfuls are heading back into the sky and will be visible. Uh, so, uh, hey, folks, it won't be long before Orion's up. So you stop living, wishing your life away. <laughs> so that'll be next month. We'll visit that in, in August. So look out for those planets. We've got Jupiter and Uranus. And I say Uranus uh, will guide you also to uh, the Pleiades. The Pleiades should be visible to the naked eye. But bear in mind, the skies are still light. 2 a.m., the skies are starlight. We will start noticing it getting darker in the morning skies from now on. So we'll start to notice them actually drawing in. So here we are. Sort of thing. I always just love to see the Pleiades because it's it, it, very, especially in the morning mm. twilight, they're just glittering there, just hovering above the horizon sort of thing. And you know, say, and it's just as pretty, even though it's not dark, you know, it's just a pretty, it's just a welcome sight to see them. I remember the first time I saw the Pleiades from a, a properly dark sky site, the, the sort where you can just see, like, look up and they're there and you can see the, the nebulosity and they're not just like a random patch of stars. And it really is. They're, they're very beautiful, even more beautiful if you whack a pair of binoculars or a telescope on them. They're breathtaking and you suddenly realise there's more than seven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot more than seven. There's quite a few. Technically <laughs> about 250 cluster members. Uh, that so sounds about right. Yeah, there's the... Well, it, it's that sort of classic thing of test how good your eyes are, how many sisters can you actually see in the seven sisters? And, you know, some people can see two and other people can get all the way up to like 11. Ask Pete Lawrence. <laughs> I know Pete has told me he's seen 18, I think it was. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. That requires not just good eyesight, but also a dark sky. Exactly. And I have to say, since I wear spectacles now, I don't see as many. My maximum was 11. Um, but uh, mm. nowadays I'm, I, I can, I have pushed to nine, but it has to be really good night. Then I say it has to be really dark, no moonlight whatsoever, sort of thing. Talking of moonlight on the 13th, again, look at about two o'clock in the morning. The moon will lie between Uranus and the Pleiades star cluster itself as well. So another gorgeous sight. And then you've got Jupiter off to the right as well. So you've got a host of objects now to actually look at in the morning sky. And got to remember that the moon is gradually becoming more of a crescent. So that'll be more exciting. Now, if you wait a bit longer, the next night, July the 14th, leave it till 3 a.m. The previous we've been talking about has been 2 o'clock in the morning. Leave it another hour. Yes, the sky will be getting lighter but the rest of Taurus is nearly above the horizon. And this includes, of course, the Hyades star cluster and the bright star Aldebaran. And the thing about Aldebaran is that it is that another bright orange star sort of thing. And the moon will be to the upper left of them on the 14th or such. So, you know, Taurus is finally back. Oh, mm-hmm. I'll be so excited to see that. Right, now, let's walk back to the Evening sky, I know, I know, I've harped on about them so many times, but Venus and Mars, but wait, there's something else. It's really difficult. It'll be in very bright skies shortly after sunset, so make sure the sun has set. But if you look towards the west-northwest horizon around 10 p.m., first of all, find Venus. 
Venus, you can't mistake. It will be low down. An uncluttered horizon is absolutely vital now. I can't emphasize that. Even trees will be a pain mm-hmm. <laughs> if they're quote close, especially if they're close to. Get Venus. And the key is we'll have Regulus above left of it, but I think Regulus will be really difficult in the light skies. Mars will be the other side of Regulus. And again, Regulus now will be forming a bit of a triangle with Mars and Venus. But Mars itself will be a lot fainter, a lot harder to see. But no, they're not the reason. That's not the reason. Look to the far right of Venus, lower down, and you might catch a glimpse of Mercury. Now, it is not a very good apparition. Summertime apparitions from Mercury in the evening are usually pretty poor. They're quite low. They set quite quickly. So the thing is here is you've got to catch it before it sets. So 10 o'clock, literally within around about maximum of 10, 15 minutes most, they'll have set. So you see how critical it is to get the timing right. So the key will also be if you can catch Venus as early as you can, and then start scanning to the right with binoculars as long as the sun set. That's the absolute golden rule, as long as the sun set. Mm-hmm. And you should be able to sweep up Mercury as well. So it'll be your first view of Mercury in this evening apparition. And this is July the 16th, so around about 10 o'clock in the evening. I always like catching Mercury, but I've got a lot of buildings, so I have not got mm. an uncluttered horizon. I've got a cluttered horizon, very cluttered. <laughs> It's definitely not one of the easier ones. Uh, it tends to be quite close to the... It's closer to the sun than Venus. It's not as bright as Venus. You've got a lot against us, haven't we? But I like challenges. It's a challenge. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Paul, for taking us through those week's highlights. To summarise, on the 10th of July, you can use Venus to find Mars, which will be directly above Regulus in the evening twilight. On the 12th of July, the Moon will be close to Jupiter. On the 13th, at around 2am, the Moon will be between Uranus and the Pleiades star cluster, both of which are just re-emerging back into the morning skies. Then on the 14th, the Moon passes by Aldebaran, marking the return of Taurus, Keep an eye out for Earthshine on that one. Then on the 16th of July, you can see Mercury in the evening sky at around about 10pm. That one will be quite a challenge. Make sure that the sun has fully set before you try and look for it and use Venus to help point your way. And if you want to keep up to date with more stargazing highlights for next week, do be sure to subscribe to the Star Diary podcast and we will see you then. If you want to find out even more spectacular sights that will be gracing the night sky this month, be sure to pick up a copy of BBC Sky at Night magazine, where we have a 16-page pull-out sky guide with a full overview of everything worth looking up for throughout the whole month. Whether you like to look at the moon, the planets or the deep sky, whether you use binoculars, telescopes or neither, our sky guide has got you covered, with detailed star charts to help you track your way across the night sky. From all of us here at BBC Sky at Night magazine, goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Star Diary podcast from the makers of BBC Sky at Night magazine. For more of our podcasts, visit our website at skyatnightmagazine.com or head to Acast, iTunes or Spotify. 